Ready to get this over with? Let's do it. Better late than never. Yep. Welcome to Justice Losers Podcast, where we talk about pop culture, media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I had a lot of saliva <laughs> right at the beginning of that. Uh, my name's Bob, I'm your host, Preston. Join us always from my delightful co-host. Bat. Matt. Get <laughs> fucked. <laughs> Matt, what do people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, don't forget to check out our Instagram. Just us at Just Us Losers Pod. I don't know how Instagram works. I think I posted something recently. Oh, hey. Go on Instagram. Preston posted something recently. I think maybe. I did. I could Possibly. be wrong. I might posted it on my normal one. I don't know. Guess what happened to me last night? What happened to you last night? Did you see it on Facebook at all? I don't think so. Oh. So I was falling asleep around like midnight. Like mm-hmm. I was kind of, I was about to be asleep. Mm-hmm. And then my Alexa woke me up mm-hmm. to say, the answer to your question is 92 weird and i really did not feel comfortable being in my house alone for the rest of the night <laughs> did andrew have to come in and comfort he you? wasn't home oh <laughs> that's why i was like i immediately posted it on facebook and it's just like terrifying that that happened to me that's... and i don't like it you've got a ghost there's the ghost that somehow needed to know what 46 <laughs> times 2 was. <laughs> You're really going all out on the Halloween decorations this year. Yeah. Supporting an authentic ghost. Yeah. <laughs> uh. was, I just murdered a kid that vaguely struggles with math. <laughs> oh, That's uh, why I haven't seen that one kid. <laughs> <laughs> the yeet himself into space kids. Uh, yeah, Instagram, that's the thing. Uh, yep. Matt, what you been up to? Uh, well, speaking of math and sleep, I tried to do a multiplication problem in my head while I was dreaming last night. What? I'm very sleep deprived How right now. How do you have a girlfriend? <laughs> I don't know. Sure beats me. Does she? On occasion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really slow. I'm really tired right now. So like I was a little slow on the draw on that one, but I got it there. Good. I laid that out there as thick as I could. Oh, you did it on purpose? <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't remember exactly what the context was in my dream, but for some reason I was really fixated on trying to do 121 times 126. Did you figure it out? I got really close. Well, I figured out the right approach, which is that 126 is 121 plus 5, and 121 times 121 is 11, 11 to, to the 4th, and so you just do binomial expansion, Pascal's wow, triangle. Wow, I can't believe I, like, I mean, I knew it was 11 squared, like, when you said 121. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's uh, 14,641 plus, and then you just do the 5 left over times 121, which is 605. That's pretty easy. Add it back up, and you get... Uh, Whatever that number is. 15,245. This episode brought to you by multiplication. (laughs) Try it. Do math. Yeah. Thanks for the sponsorship, multiplication. Way to go. Yeah, we have our first sponsor. It's the fucking... I'm so tired. (laughs) Uh, I've also been reading some Batman. Um, oh yes you have because you loaned me just a thick stack of batman i did and many of those books are very thick yeah uh, <laughs> like a nightfall yep uh well i'm doing it in chronological order of release okay which... so you got death of the family first death of the family first death in the family first. death in the family and Not then nightfall's the next yeah so i finished death in the family um which so that's the one where robin dies 
Spoilers. It's on the cover. Robin yeah. dies, and then Robin co- and Robin shows up. We get new Robin. Yep. Um, it's it's kind of an awkward midpoint between. It's after the mid '80s, so we'd already gotten V for Vendetta, Watchmen, Batman Year One, Dark Knight Returns, mm-hmm. um, uh, Frank Miller had started on Daredevil. So comics had gone dark at this point. Yeah, but a lot of the mainstream stuff was still pretty comic booky. Yeah, and so it's this awkward intersection between trying to be gritty and trying to have um some serious weighty considerations but then it also ends up being really comic booky yeah which is why you have batman talking about arms deals with iran but then the joker is an uh envoy to the un Mm -hmm. or something yeah and it's he has diplomatic immunity which is the (laughs) stupidest like we we people who've listened to all the episodes um and by now, my friend Nick is uh, binging all of our episodes. And yeah, he's, he's actually that. he's doing a couple things that uh, hopefully he's still doing them. Uh, he's kind of keeping track of a few things that we might want to address. Uh, we're probably going to do like a um, our theories versus what happened because mm. uh, our my theory for Shazam was like spot on because it, it was based on a thing that I had read very recently. Yeah, um, but. People, long, long time listeners will know that, like, what was I saying? Fuck. Oh, yeah. I love comics. We love comics, but we also love to shit on the really ridiculous stuff. Like yeah. Joker having diplomatic immunity <laughs> and Batman being sent through all of the course of time and building up Omega energy. So by the time you reach present day, he builds up enough energy to end the world at entropy. Uh, just... <laughs> comics are mostly stupid, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh yeah but um no there's some interesting ideas in there and it's an iconic storyline so um it's not brilliant but i'm glad i read it yeah at least for the cultural enrichment part Mm -hmm. but it's it's got some interesting ideas about who batman is and how he's he's got to have the the balance Mm -hmm. of robin otherwise he just gets angry and sloppy and what year was this again? It was I, think it was, I think it was 88. 88. So that was after Crisis on Earth. Like, yeah. Like just after. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I read that. Uh, I started Nightfall subsequently. Yep. Uh, wow, that is so weird. So there's a... The Wikipedia page I read way back on Batman. Way back when I hadn't like really, really gotten into buying and reading them all. Mm-hmm. Um it had a really good breakdown of the way Batman became dark. Um, mm-hmm. Like actually like gave you pretty good distinct moments when that kind of progressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was trying to find that. And so like, it was just this weird as we were talking and as I was reading everything lined up. So I was like, I asked what year it was and you said 88 and I like scrolled down to, and I was like, Oh, so that was after Christ on heaven and earths. As I hit modern age and scroll down, it said, uh, Batman began began exhibiting reckless approaches, crime fighting, his role to pain of losing Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. And then you said Nightfall, which was is the next section, and you said sub- subsequently, which is the first word of that paragraph, <laughs> was subsequently Batman begins exhibiting a, and it just it was just this weird like everything lined up. Nice fucking enemy agency, damn it. Yep. Um. Yeah. So I'm 
about 150 pages into Nightfall. Uh, That's like a third of the way through the first one, isn't it? Not even. Yeah. They're like 600 pages or something. <laughs> they're, they're big. Yeah. Uh, Joker and Scarecrow just teamed up. I have not read it in so long. It's true. I remember when you read it. It was in New Orleans, right? Or around that time? Yeah. The first time that we was, went? That was about way back when we were still in the apartment. That was like one of the first big things I got, or one of the first like non-New 52 books I ever got. Okay. It was Christ on Heaven Earth was, one of the, was also one of the first ones. And mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, like that's kind of how I learned a lot about characters. I read Crisis Heaven to Earths, didn't know any of them. Yep. Read a lot of comics, then came back because like, oh hey, I know some of these now. What yeah. the deal is? Um, yeah, that was a long time ago. Yep. Um, yeah. So the the basic plot is there's this guy Bane, and he's he's born in a prison and becomes very violent and dangerous. But then he has visions that make him hate Batman um because it's comic books wasn't visions was it wasn't it it was uh so he got like super super fucking strong doing a a ton of everything yep and then he because i actually read the first issue recently um it got super super strong and then he was like well my body's at peak power time to just train my mind and Mm there's a whole thing he's like he started having people shipping in books like sm- uh, smuggling in books while everyone else had like cigarettes and stuff smuggled in mm-hmm. um and he started to learn everything and he was getting like the newspaper and stuff like that and he put together that batman was bruce wayne mm-hmm. and he didn't like that well he, he put to, he was reading all about this batman and he hated that batman controlled the city mm-hmm. he didn't like that and he put together he threw everything he was like oh batman is bruce wayne and then that's what his goal was he was like well now i'm gonna fucking leave with these three dickweeds that never appear ever again in comics after nightfall mm-hmm. um i'm just gonna escape and then i'm gonna go break the bat and he fucking does <laughs> all right spoiler alert i remember there being visions was there visions yeah there might have been some sort of visions but that's like my my understanding of it is like a pretty reasonable and less comic booky way of <laughs> way, 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 making it's that still happen. a little comic booky yeah it's still pretty comic like book-y. So they went into this knowing they wanted a dramatic, life-altering, if not ab- actual death for Batman. Mm-hmm. And so they... I mean, you're going to get to the back break pretty soon, actually. Yeah. It's like halfway through the first one. Yeah. Um, So they've got a... That's a phone call. That's obnoxious. I normally try to ignore all the text messages, but that is a straight-up phone call. And the phone rings. Okay. All right. What was I saying about Nightfall? Uh, um, oh, yeah. They they're like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna break Batman, and so they go out of their way to come up with the most like over the top perfect specimen of someone that is just designed to take down Batman. Mm-hmm. You can you can see the writing. You can see like the strings. Yeah. Um, but Bane's a fun character. Uh-huh. Uh So. I'm enjoying it. It's a little ridiculous and a little comic booky, but yeah. at this point, it's grounded itself a little bit. Yeah. Um, Nightfall is one of those fun ones to read because it it there's so much about Bane that everyone thinks they know mm-hmm. that is not accurate. Yeah. Like he's not actually a luchador. Right. The mask is to keep venom going into his bloodstream. That's yep. it. 
Yep. Um, and that's what I, I correct people all the time. That's one of my favorite things to correct people on is like, mm-hmm. actually, um, actually we did it. Oh, you weren't there for the, the first trivia night we went to. Ah. Um, someone mentioned Bane. I think it was a, actually one of the trivia questions is like, who broke Batman's back or something? And was like, I mean, everyone knows that because of Dark Knight Rises. So I'm kind of disappointed that that was the DC question, but okay. Yep. But, uh, he was like, technically, it wasn't Bane. Someone said, technically, it wasn't Bane. I'm like, no, no, it literally was. Like, <laughs> it was one of those, like, the almost a filthy casual moment. Yeah. And I'm not going to out him, but you actually know who who the person who said it. Not super close, but you know of them, I think. They said it, and I was just like, uh, you, mm. no. No. <laughs> I, I used to do that. When I started reading comics, I would correct people on, like, super trivial thing that was like, technically, it's like, no, actually, that was right. Actually. Actually. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't brought out Daryl in a while. <laughs> Daryl, glad to have you back. Woo! <laughs> I don't know what my response voice was. was I don't know what that was. Yep. Uh, anyway. Nightfall. Nightfall. Um, and then also, uh, in anticipation of one of my other what you've been up to's that I think we'll have together. Well, 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 well okay. we have to do news. Good point. <laughs> uh, I also read Killing Joke. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's something I haven't, I, I found out I actually haven't read. Yeah. I just know the story very well. Yeah. Well, the annoying thing is they only sell this deluxe hardcover edition now. Mm-hmm. So I can't get a paperback. So I've got this awkward hardcover that's like an inch taller than everything else on my comics shelf. Fucking hate that. Yeah. That's why I didn't get the uh, Superman thousand that you for uh, or the Action Comics one thousand. Mm. It's because it was hardback, and I was like, "Wow, DC, you guys are assholes." Yeah, because you know there's a lot of people like us who want to keep yeah. that. I would have gotten it if it didn't. They fixed it with the Detective Comics one thousand. Mm-hmm. Let that one be a paperback, but yep. Action Comics one thousand was a paperback, and I'm like, "Nope, sorry, would have done it, but nope." Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh, Killing Joke is. I mean, it's Alan Moore, so mm-hmm. it's pretty great. Uh, it's very not fleshed out because it's basically one extended issue. Mm-hmm. So there's not a lot to the story, and there's a lot of stuff where it feels like he wanted to write something a little meatier and dig into stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the the straightforward bare bones of the story is good. It's uh almost boils Batman and Joker down to their perfect essence. Yep. And uh, just distills what makes the conflict between them so great. Mm. Uh, while also giving the Joker one of the answers to the multiple choice backstory. Yes. Uh, that's one of those stories that, um, I mean, there's several stories about Joker that really, uh, I don't know. How, uh, I have, uh, I'm struggling with my start a million thoughts and then don't finish any of them. <laughs> we need to come up with a name for that because there's too many things that are called Prestoning. Mm-hmm. So we can't really do that. Um, but I feel like the Joker is given to DC looks at a writer and says and decides if they're allowed to use the Joker mm-hmm. because Joker almost exclusively has the some of the best storylines mm-hmm. um, because it is the perfect villain for a, for a, it. It's the perfect villain for who they're fighting. Yeah, there's no no care no superhero 
that has a better villain for them than the Joker is with Batman. Right. Um, and they save that for when you have someone like Alan Moore or Scott Snyder doing the death of the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are some weird ones, like just when comics got weird, like death oh, yeah. in the family. Um, but things that involve the Joker just really do boil down those character essences mm-hmm. much more than any other character, any other villain does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, it's nice. They're almost like allegorical opposites. Yes. Order, chaos, uh, shadowy darkness, garishness. Yeah. Uh, so they do just they play off each other perfectly. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Best best opponents. Mm-hmm. All right. Yep. So that's that all? that's all I've been up to, except we were up to one thing together that yes. we'll probably save for when you say it. Uh, so I've actually d- done a pretty good amount of reading. Uh, I read. Mm. Uh, I finished Batman Eternal. All right. It, you know, when you, when you tried, when you wanted to break, break up, uh, um, with Hannah now, uh, <laughs> what? uh, kill, uh, killer be killed where you were like, you wanted to oh, slow it yep. down and yep. then you just couldn't stop. It was kind of like that for the last book mm. of Batman Eternal for me. Um, it, it was uh, I talked about this a few episodes ago. It just kind of it was this reinvigorated joy from reading the comic because mm-hmm. it was just like I was getting back into it. Um it it wasn't me just trying to get through this giant stack of books I had. I decided I was just going to like enjoy the books. Mm-hmm. Um and it does one of my favorite things that I want to talk about it, but you're going to read it. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. Save it. We're going to do a review. Yes. Uh, we're going to try to start doing comic book reviews. Um, they'll probably be a lot shorter and not episodes because we don't want to waste your time with episodes because a lot of, I realize a lot of people can't read comics. Right. Um, but that aside, it is one of my favorite things that I really haven't talked about much on the, on the podcast about what I enjoy when they do this thing. Uh, I know I've mentioned at least one time can't remember the situation that i talked about it but um it just it was it was so good at doing a thing and it was a really cool like the last just act three was really good i Mm -hmm. that's all i could fucking say because there's i can't say anything because it'll start spoiling things is the thing you like variant covers yes with the foil and the holographic. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love variant covers. <laughs> so good. Sponsored by the CW. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was good. Uh, I finally, somehow finally got around to it. I don't know how I hadn't gotten around to it, but I got the third volume of Batman Damned mm-hmm. and pulled out my bat penis from the, uh, from the, from my protective cardboard box and reread it all, and holy crap! Mm-hmm. Like, especially given that I have, since we decided we were going to start reviewing comics, I am focusing more on like the art and the paneling, and like a lot more about the technical side of it. Mm-hmm. Holy crap! Is that a good comic? Like, just the art. There's one particular thing that that stuck out to me that, um, he. It's really early on. He jumps into a water and then gets a, uh, you see him fall into water and then get out. Um, and he sees his parents. He has a vision of his parents and he's got like water droplets on glass, like in front of his eyes. 
doesn't make sense because that's not what it looks like when you when you come out of it doesn't look like you have glass mm-hmm. water droplets but the next panel like zooms in and the water droplets are the same shape and blurrier like it it's Whoa. just the the amount of detail that was put into this i can't remember the artist i know it's brian Azzarello that wrote it but i can't uh, uh i think it's jose something just the amount of de- like that amount of detail is just jaw dropping and i was i was staring at that panel for like three minutes i was just like going like like water bead by water bead i was like that is fucking obscene Mm -hmm. that you just focus on that detail and the fact that like it zooms in it focuses there's a depth of field that is to the art and it's just it's beautiful um but i read all the way through the end uh i recommend you read it it's um it's out it's not it's not a huge well it's a plot twist it does a really interesting thing of like kind of combining like the kind of twist it kind of combines batman and joker okay like it's that they are one essentially and it's it's a really interesting take on everything um uh the it allows i don't know how, it it brings in a lot of the the dark universe people so like you see etrigan you see a very different take on etrigan you see zatanna mm-hmm. constantine's the narrator uh swamp thing shows up yes uh and enchantress shows up <clears throat> shows up but it's it's interesting because it's written in such a way that you know what they can do mm-hmm. but they don't uh, you know what they could do for the sake of the story but uh but you, they don't outright tell you who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, like Enchantress, the only hint to her name being Enchantress, because she's like this shadowy creature just like behind everything, mm-hmm. is that like careful she can uh, like you'll be enchanted, like that's it. But like if, as long as you uh, if you know the backstory and like the things about these characters, like I mean Swamp Thing's a pretty big one, but yeah. uh, Etrigan, you know what he looks like and you know that he's a prose. He's a rapper guy in the in this thing, huh. so he talks. He obviously talks in rhyme uh-huh. and talks about being from hell and stuff like that. Um, Enchantress has the has the uh, crescent moon logo on, like the like a okay. kind of just jewelry hanging, and so I was like, oh, mm-hmm. fucking her. Um, Obviously, we can all tell who John Constantine is. Uh, Spectre is a big character. Okay. But they never actually really mention the Spectre. He's just kind of around. He's just this guy who's like, oh, I saw who did it. Ah! But he's got a green hood and cloak, which is Spectre's That's, thing. Yep. And then, like, towards the end, it's basically like, yeah, that fucking Spectre. Yep. Uh, it's, just, it's just so good. Um, so, so you're telling me it's a comic that fights a lot of ducks? Fight... Not really. No. It doesn't fight a lot of ducks. It's I just, just to work that in. They don't. I, I appreciate it, <laughs> but no, it doesn't. It um, it vaguely kind of exposits what you need to know. Okay. But the but it it doesn't waste time telling you things about the characters that you don't need to know. Okay. It's not like this is Swamp Thing, a guy who is a person who comes from the swamp. They That's never not accurate. Talk. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> they never explain like what his deal is. He just fucking comes out of the ground and he's like the size of a building. Huh? <laughs> it's just as, like it's just his like head and like one of his shoulders and he starts talking to batman he's like he's talking to batman he's like why are you hanging out with constantine i fucking hate constantine and then constantine said something snarky and he looks at batman and goes that's why <laughs> uh and then batman uh, constantine says something batman says uh shut it and swamp thing goes i like this guy <laughs> <laughs> um 
but no, it's uh, it's so good. Uh, and then I also read the first issue of Superman Year One, which is oh, yeah. another. Uh, it's uh, Frank Miller. Yep, Frank Miller. It's another uh, Black Label thing. Uh, it's it's fun. It, I really like it. It's huh. Uh, it does a lot more with him growing up because they haven't actually done that really with him. Uh, growing up. Yeah, they they have like I mean, some I'm, things. There's a little bit in Superman for all seasons. Yeah, which you'll have to get to at some point, yep. I think, because it's in that it's stack of Lunja. Very next, yeah. Uh, no, but it, it follows him almost like week by week of just kind of uh, like okay. uh, stuff like that. Um, dealing with bullying, like, it's it's in, it puts him in high school situations with his powers and like learning that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, dealing with bullies, being strong, he being in love with Lana 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 Lana. Lana Lang? Lana Lang. There it is. Lana! Uh, what? Archer reference. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's really good. I'm only one issue in. Uh, there seems to be a lot of really interesting... He joins the military in this one. Oh. Which is a change to his backstory. Yeah. Uh, right after he graduates, he just joins the Navy. He's like, I want to, just, I want to explore the world. Like, you say that if I'm going to protect the... He's talking to his parents. Like, you say that if I want to protect the world, I need to know the world I'm protecting. And the ocean is seventy is a like seventy five percent of the planet. Mm-hmm. I gotta know that, so I'm gonna join the navy. And okay. Mama Kent, who had very strong ideas of what she wanted her son to go to college and do, mm-hmm. was not happy with that. But there's a lovely little scene involving that. Um, and it's this. Then when he's driving away, he's like really far away from Smallville, and he's like, I wonder if Lana's lana's there and she's like and he he hadn't found his supervision yet Mm -hmm. but he was like you know if i have super hearing i could probably see if i could probably see her from here and he just like looks over the general direction just sees her sitting on the uh on on the top of her house with a thing with a a paper that says i love you oh it's just like the fucking cutest shit ever um but yeah so i read that all right speaking of joker speaking of joker so far away (laughs) there's the segue Uh, (laughs) we watched joker Yes, we did. Uh, Matt, want to give like a two two uh, two sentence review, real quick? Uh, it's a really phenomenal, if uncomfortable at times, to watch movie. Uh, it's got a couple of problems, but it does a fantastic job of putting you inside the character's head. And this is Joaquin Phoenix's movie through and through. Uh, let me also mention we didn't mention in our review, which you should listen to our review. Uh, yeah. The score was great. We do talk about that quite a bit. Yep. I didn't even mention who it was by. It's uh, Hildor Guthnadotter. Hodor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's Icelandic. She's kind of been taking over for Johan Johansson, who his untimely death happened. And I know a fact Okay. about the f- score. Uh huh. It was written before filming cool and recorded before filming very cool and what they actually did so the uh um todd phillips has a uh breaking down a scene oh uh, uh the, yeah i saw that it, and so he he's yeah he said he's like he talks about how uh oh yeah she sent him one of she the sent tracks him, she sent him the tracks and he was playing it while they were filming so yep. that, like he could he could have the music was so really integral in what was going right. on it's great and it, it the... It explains that scene too. Yes. Um, did you have anything else you want to say? Because I want to go for it. Okay. Uh, so the breaking down the scene, I watched that. We watched that after we had done the review because we went straight from the movie to the review. Mm-hmm. Uh, and something that we had talked about a little bit was actually mentioned in the breaking down the scene. 
where there's a scene where he's running or first scene he's running and it's a it's a it's a tracking like it's a side it's like a uh, platforming essentially scene Mm -hmm. where you can see the buildings next to him going by they actually where there was sky between buildings they actually filled that in with buildings Mm -hmm. to just solidify the fact that gotham is just a closed and claustrophobic place yeah and i love that we pointed that out yep and then it's something that they actually did like consciously in the movie and i was like oh i'm so proud of myself we see you todd we see See things (laughs) um but yeah so my two two sentence i don't fucking mine is more like five yeah go for it um even if you don't care about comic book movies and it's not your interest this is a wonderful movie um it's as artsy as i feel like you can get with a comic book based character and remotely stay similar to the to the uh to the nature of the character mm-hmm. which is something that they shockingly did um given that we don't know joker's backstory and that was kind of like my concern going into this movie mm-hmm. you can watch the movie up until about the second half of the third act and just say this is not a dc movie about the joker this is just anything mm-hmm. but then you start to see about third act the pieces kind of come together explaining the true essence of the Joker in the comics. Mm -hmm. And it does it by the end, the Joker is the Joker. Mm -hmm. And I really, really liked that, that they like that. He kept that in mind. Yeah. Uh, A few variations given that Batman doesn't exist in a big chunk of what makes Batman, Batman or uh, Joker. Joker is Batman. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's a wonderful movie. Yep. Uh, highly recommend. Yep. One uh, caveat going in, we're probably not meant to take any of the story elements completely literally. Also, you know, I was going to get a little political, maybe, a tad. Go for it. Get fucked with this idea that the movie is trying to connect mental illness to violence. Yeah. My God. You can look for anything like that in any movie. Like, orphans are going to grow up to be vigilantes and beat the shit out and, like, and just hospitalize and and vegetalize mental ill people. Mm-hmm. Sure, you could say that if you go to a Batman movie and you're like, that's what happens. If we're being obvious here, vegetalize the fruitcakes. Oh, oh, Matt. Oh no! <laughs> just I just read this. Ugh. I don't know why it was morbid. Uh, morbid obesity. <laughs> morbid curiosity. <laughs> uh, it was a Snapchat story. It was like a now this or something kind of thing where it was mm. just like, here's the issues with the Joker, and it was like, uh, it's it connects violence with mental illness, and it's like, God, you just went to this movie to be a snowflake and i don't like using snowflake if i don't have to Mm -hmm. like it's just the people that have that problem with this movie obviously missed the point yeah that this is a movie about a comic book character that is dark and it's just like the theme of the movie is rich versus poor oh god there's just they read so much wrong into this movie yeah and people like that shouldn't watch movies. Yeah. They it's, should. It's, it's not why. The question is not why do mentally ill people become violent? Because they don't. 
The question well, is, can, but uh, so yeah, can sure. totally mentally stable people. Yeah, and see also fucking Ted Bundy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> charismatic, attractive man murdered uh, lots. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, but the the fundamental question is, how did we get someone? that is just as out there as the Joker. Yeah. And so they just kind of had to, it's, it's not even like they're giving him a real mental illness or something. It's just, he laughed when he had, when he kind of freaked out. That's what it was. I don't think that's a real mental illness. Well, he's got, I mean, he's got a lot of things just, he's completely different in the way he approaches the world. And it, it doesn't feel like anything true to life. Cause it's, it's explaining the backstory of a really unique comic book character. Yeah. It's not real life thing. That just pissed yeah. me off. Yeah. You can find something wrong with anything. Like, it, yeah. If you go into something wanting it to be a certain way, it's just confirmation bias. Like, it's the reason I hate the CW so much, and maybe there's a couple things good every once in a while, but I'm ignoring those because mostly everything's bad. Yeah. Like, sure, it might be a fun time to watch, like, Green Arrow make some cool bow shots, but... Is it? Uh, mildly mm. fuck i don't care i don't want to talk about it. i'm tired and in a bad mood anyway i don't All want right. to get into that okay uh we're at 30 minutes we better hit some news hit some news all right matt what you got for news uh let's see we keep getting little tiny star wars things that aren't very interesting uh-huh. um so i didn't mention this on the podcast but i texted you a couple weeks ago during sunday night football and said i think they're gonna show the star wars trailer <laughs> NBC blue balls me so hard. Hey, look, a new Star Wars TV spot with no new footage. It wasn't even that. It was um, it was like three minutes to halftime, and I was kind of I was just watching the game, you know, mm-hmm. and I was kind of in the back of my mind. They gotta have a new Star Wars trailer sometime soon. They often yeah. do it at the halftime of one of these big football games. Mm-hmm. I think the Last Jedi one came on halftime of Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Um. And it went to commercial break, and the first thing that flashed up was a oh, Lucasfilm yeah. logo for like a second, and then it cut to a different commercial. Yeah, and I threw something. <laughs> <laughs> was it your hip? <laughs> yep, I threw my hip. I'm getting old. Yeah, and so I go to bed at nine. I watched all of the stupid halftime nonsense for a Sunday night football game in the middle of the season, just hoping for that trailer, and it didn't happen. So. That's lame. Yep. Uh, let's see. Um, He's clicking around over there. We got a we got a James Bond No Time to Die poster. Oh, we did. Which is very boring. No, of course it is. Um, They're going for minimalist now. There's a fine line between minimalist and boring. Yeah. Which I mean, it's Daniel Craig's handsome, handsome face. Yeah. So I'm uh, okay with that. Where while you're searching it? for things, uh, PS5 has been officially announced for coming out in 2020. Oh. Uh, that is incredibly boring. Yeah. That's not even minimalist. That's just, they took a picture from like a still, I don't know. I got nothing. Uh, yeah, no, PS5 was announced, uh, officially. There's some interesting stuff they're doing with the controller, uh, such as, uh, dynamic triggers. Okay. So the trigger resistances can actually be programmed by the game developers. Oh. So, like, if you're shooting a gun, it can be, like, an initial resistance, and then, okay. like, it releases. Uh, if you're pulling back a bow, it'll be, like, more resistant, stuff like that. So, um, 
and they're changing the way they do controller vibrations. It's no longer going to be a rotator thing that just really really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually I don't know what it's going to be, but like it's some pulse thing. Um, okay. So I'm wondering if that'll give like uh, more capabilities of like uh, different kinds of vibrations and stuff your controller can do. So that'll be kind of cool. Okay. Um, ridiculously fast ssd uh backwards compatibility which i am super happy about because mm-hmm. i am not about to like mm. i can sell my ps4 now well that's not gonna fucking happen mm. by the time it comes out i might actually have a, a legitimate job um not in oklahoma mm-hmm. which might be a problem yep for many reasons um man that hits me like every time i say it like the fact that like within a year i could be gone that's a thing that i might we might have to talk about a little bit we'll do the podcast over skype it'll be okay we're not going anywhere hopefully i mean it all depends on i have no idea what's that's possible yeah yeah we'll we'll work out the technology see we'll figure it out we'll figure it out whoa (laughs) you're you're pre-planning to move move up to the midwest oh no i'm 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 preparing my uh my uh my wayne costume for ah uh for halloween that'd be it anyway uh yeah so the uh ps5 we also apparently might be getting Nova in the MCU as early as 2022. Oh, fun. People are talking about stuff. Yeah. Whatever his name is. Randy, Randy, Randy. That's not his name. Like, I don't know. Randall Rhubarb. That's it. That's the one. (laughs) Randall Rhubarb. Uh, Speaking of No Time to Die, it's apparently going to wrap up sort of the extended arc that Skyfall and Spectre have laid out or at least dark uh well skyfall was a standalone movie and then specter decided to piggyback off of it gotcha uh but apparently it's going to try to wrap it up and um trying to wrap it before they tap it something like that it's uh according to naomi harris who plays money penny uh it's going to have some massive twists and some very big surprises calling it right now it's going to be time travel I've been saying this all along. It's going to be time travel. You heard it it here first. All right. I'm calling it right now. It's going to be fucking nothing. (laughs) Yeah, probably. They're saying massive time or massive plot twist. That's just preparing for the fact that it's a straightforward movie. (laughs) It's going to be a purely three act structure. Yep. All right. And then I have a couple of trailer type things. We got a trailer for uncut gems, which we talked about in our most anticipated episode. uh, But it didn't have a trailer yet. Uh, it's Adam Sandler is a, um, oh, yeah, sort that's of, the one he might get an Oscar for. Yeah. He's, he's a kind of a sketchy jeweler in New York. It's directed by the guys who did good time, which was a really great little indie crime drama with Robert Pattinson in the lead. Uh, and he's got an Oscar buzz. It's got great reviews out of festival. Looks good. We finally got a trailer. Uh, we got a trailer for Clint Eastwood's new movie, which is, uh, Richard Jewell. God, it's man, about just... the. It's about the bomb in uh, Atlanta at the um, Olympics, right? Or the bomb threat? Bomb scare? We were literally less than six months old. I have no idea. I don't know. (laughs) That's my dad. He was a meteorologist in charge of the Olympics for that one. Yeah. That was an actual true fact. There you go. There was a storm that was coming through with the closing ceremony, and they, my dad was the one that gave the final go-ahead to go ahead and do the 
do the closing ceremony. Wow. Yeah. That's very exciting. I like to brag about my dad. He's, he's good. My dad's brag a smart man. Uh, <laughs> we got a trailer for Guy Ritchie's new movie. Oh, yes. The Gentleman. Yes. Which is a They're like uh, what's very the, British crime drama. What's the, what are they doing? Like, uh, what's the, what's the, the, that, that dialogue at the beginning is really funny. Uh, play a game with me. Oh yeah. It's like, no, play a game with me. No, play a game. With me. No, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know Charlie Hunnam very well, but I liked him just in this trailer. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Matthew Mahogany is going to play a, um, a British drug lord of a marijuana empire. Oh, good. Uh, it's got Charlie Hunnam, uh, Michelle Dockery, who is one of the main characters in Downton Abbey. She plays Mary, for those of you who've seen that. Uh, it's got a bunch of other reasonably famous British actors like uh, Jeremy Strong, Colin Farrell, Hugh Grant. Um, there's at least a couple others that popped up in that trailer. There's the guy that looks like off-brand Toby Jones. Off-brand Toby Jones? Yeah. Uh, Dobby? <laughs> nope. Uh, oh, wait, that was Toby Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't remember. Um and it's got uh Henry Golding who was the attractive male lead in Crazy Rich Crazy Rich Asians. Yeah. So, yeah, looks like a fun cast and Guy Ritchie makes fun movies. Yep. So, cool. I think we're into that. Uh we also got a official announcement that they are doing Stranger Things 4. Yep. It's a I mean, it got me hyped. Just the theme music over the logos yeah. to get me hyped. <laughs> but, yep, looking forward Brendan to that. Brendan started watching Stranger Things. Good. Good yep. for him, and finally. so into it. Of course. Everyone is. Yeah. Except there's a couple people that aren't. I've met someone that watched a couple episodes, didn't get into it, didn't well, finish it. They should not reproduce. Fair enough. Got them. All right. That's it for my news. You got more news? Uh, nope. Okay. Speaking of Joker and Joker in comics and stuff. <laughs> wow, what the segues today. Joker's just an automatic segue win. Yep. Yeah, we're... Just imagine Joker on a segue. What, what are we talking... Uh, that'd be... That'd be good. Be kind of crazy. Yeah. Be just like riding towards you like really slowly and kind of like <laughs> laughing at you maniacally. <laughs> oh God. Uh, we're talking about reinterpretation slash reimagination slash re bar something rebar. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, like, uh, how do we want to classify this? Well, I mean, that's probably part of what this episode's about is coming up with classification. Uh, I'm roughly going using two different criteria okay could both apply uh first would be it takes an existing story and tells it from a new perspective so maleficent mm -hmm. say uh where it's a different enough perspective that it completely changes the story yes or it changes a pre-existing set of characters and tells a new story with them like the joker or the Hobbit trilogy, which took a beloved story and told it like you had given an eight-year-old the Wikipedia plot summary and a week's supply of espresso and Skittles and had them regurgitated onto the page in a fever dream. Did you have that written down? No. Wow. Hmm? Props. <laughs> <laughs> I had planned that joke, but... Okay. <laughs> um, so would you also consider taking a story and modernizing it? 
changing the era. That see also Romeo plus Juliet. Uh, so I put that in my list of ones with a question mark, um, because that felt like a sort of a separate subcategory to me, but it also mm-hmm. does fit within those criteria. Yeah. So I guess the question is, do we want to ch- toss those in this episode or save those for a later episode? I'll save those for a later episode. All right. I'm tired and want to go to bed. And cool. also I haven't eaten dinner yet. So. Cool. I'm going to put a strike through on that. Then. Yay! I like strike throughs. Actually, I hate strike throughs because I got four uh, rejections from internships in the past two days. Oh. So I've been striking through all those mm-hmm. on my list of applications I have out. Anyway. Anyway. Wow. I've been talking a lot about me going to be gone, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, so I guess Joker and the stupid Maleficent sequel that's happening soon. That was redundant. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of the impetus for this episode. So yeah, they each, they fit the two criteria. So what makes, uh, the, kind of the question that I just have is like, what makes a, do we have good reimagined? Yes, we do. Such as what, Matt? Uh, um, erm, uh, Joker. There's one. Uh, <laughs> I was like thinking through all the bad ones, and then I like in the middle of the sentence remembered that we had just seen it. Yeah, I uh, I made a list of a few options here for room, and most of them are pretty bad. Uh, Dark Knight Rises, I didn't even think of until you brought it up. Yeah, but it's kind of a reinterpretation of the the Nightfall story. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even along those same lines, you could talk about that. Uh, Batman Begins is a reinterpretation of the year one story. It's a bit Ooh, further from... Very loosely. Yeah. Yeah, I I almost feel like that's its own category again, where it's a it's a comic adaptation. We already did that. And we already did... Adap- well, we did more book adaptations, right? Uh, did we get into comic adaptations? I don't remember. I don't know. We could do a whole thing on that's comic true. adaptations. Uh, yeah. Um... Speaking of Guy Ritchie, Sherlock Holmes is kind of a reinterpretation. Yeah, it's it fast paces it and it turns it in turns him into an action hero with a terrible English accent. <laughs> <laughs> I love Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, but that's uh not the best. Not not the best accent. But he could do some slow mo like I'm gonna do this and then I'm gonna do that and then he does this and then he does that. Yep, I love the bit that Key and Peele do on that. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that. I'll have to show you that. Yep. Uh. I put Mission Impossible with a question mark um, because I feel like that's just sort of rebooting the TV show for the screen, and I feel like that counts as a different thing. Well, if we want to talk about that kind of thing, then we've got uh, Get Smart. Yeah. Which was based on a show and then had a really, as far as I recall, weird kind of bad, oh, but okay movie with uh, it was fun. Steve Carell. Was it fun? I watched the second two-thirds i never trust my opinion on movies that i saw before i started actually like watching movies because i thought i liked it a lot but i was an idiot when i watched it so i don't trust it yeah i have never seen the whole thing all the way through but i came home one day in high school and my mom was watching it and i sat down and watched the second half and enjoyed the second half without having seen the first half so that was good but i again i think that's kind of a separate thing you just did a <gasps> and i'm gonna have to ask why my 9 30 class tomorrow just got canceled and the homework got postponed so i'm gonna go to sleep when i get home instead of staying yes. up an extra hour and a half and doing homework <laughs> yay oh, my night just got so good, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm in a great mood <laughs> 
Yep. Um, Actually, I still have to study for another exam tomorrow. I've had three exams in the past five days. Fucking kill me. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So that's about it for good ones that I came up with. Yeah. Um, I think you could argue that uh, maybe Jungle Book is another of the Disney remakes that yeah. sort of reinterprets the material. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's sort of the same basic story, but it turns it into an action-adventure movie mm-hmm. instead of a cartoon. Yeah. Um, and I'm darned if I see a connecting thread between those guys, Joker, Jungle Book. Um, I'm gonna not count Mission Impossible. They Sherlock seem Holmes. to be. It's it's almost a change of formula for all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I so, Robot. There's another one. Was that based on something? Very loosely based on it, it's it's loosely based on Isaac Asimov's works. He has a book the called I Robot. Sheep the what's the nope that's blade runner oh that's right yep do androids dream of electric sheep and that's yep. more of a straightforward but quite different adaptation um no yeah i robots based on basically some concepts from isaac asimov the three laws and then it just wrote an action movie around that for the sake of um splitting things up wow data wrangling let's for the sake of separating data Let's let's leave out anything that's based on a book. Okay. Goodbye, so, Sherlock Holmes. Goodbye, Jungle Book. Goodbye, uh, I Robot. I Robot. Okay. Uh, Joker. Leaving, leaving stuff like Joker and Dark Knight Rises, where it's based. Well, actually, and Dark Knight Rises is out too. Okay. That's, that's also. Joker's well, the only good one. Joker's based on a character. Yeah. Um. I mean. I guess since we don't have any, it's kind of hard to make a linear regression model if you only have one data point. Zero to this one. A lot of options. A lot of options. <laughs> um, I think the idea of behind a reinterpretation, what makes a good reinterpretation... Let's talk about the bad ones and we can see what the okay. negative is. Yeah, I have a few bad ones. I haven't seen Maleficent. I'm going to assume it's bad. It was uh, probably bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, think it was, I, I think even when I was a kid, when I watched it, I was like, that was kind of stupid. Yeah uh sleepy hollow is sort of based on a book but it's also based on just a real life legend right yeah so i'm gonna keep that one in there okay uh terminator 3 which reimagines terminator 2 but as a bad movie (laughs) (laughs) tell us how you really feel fuck (laughs) it's not it's probably the fourth best terminator movie might be knocked down to fifth best in a few months here if dank fat is pretty good yeah uh i guess beowulf's based on a book yeah and that's also more of just an adaptation hobbit was only there for the joke uh the man who killed don quixote which i haven't seen didn't get great reviews that's the terry gilliam one that was cursed mm-hmm. where he tried to make it like six different times and every time something went wrong and yeah. he had to halt production and it finally came out last year yeah or this year and no one saw it what are other reinterpretations uh king arthur legend of the sword Okay. Which I actually did watch this week in preparation for this episode. Okay. It's a mess, but kind of a fun mess. Okay. Have you, are you, so is it just a reinterpretation of the legend, like Arthurian legend? Yeah. So, uh, basically Arthur is abandoned as a child by his parents because they're both wearing jeans and wearing sandals. Nice. We're stupid people. Please tell me you're not wearing socks. Of course not. You're not showing me your feet. 
Okay, good. <laughs> uh, no, I'm trying yeah. to fill space because we have like three movies we can talk about. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll have. I, no, I have like two more to hit after this. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, King Arthur. Yeah, it's the. Um, it's the king. Well, it's so the his parents um, are killed and they spirit him away to safety. Uh, in this one, they send him down the river like Moses. Oh, good. And he washes up at a brothel. And he's raised in the brothel and becomes sort of a back alley, tough dealing, thug around town kind of guy. <laughs> and then, but he's a good guy, see, because when a guy tries to beat up one of the prostitutes, he goes and beats the guy up. Good. Yeah. Like, the lowest level of common decency, I guess, makes the king worthy of pulling Excalibur out of a fucking rock. Well, it's his birthright. They just oh. say it's his birthright. The true-born king of England. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and so they get a lot more into the magical details and um, some very stupid stuff in this movie. Uh, he ends up getting recruited by resistance against the evil king Vortigern. Uh, played by Jude Law, who is King Uther's brother, and also a sorcerer, um, and could I'm have not been a super really... familiar with Arthurian legend. I, I don't think he exists. The only thing I know about Arthurian legend is uh, about Excalibur. Yeah, um, and Vortigern just sounds like a fake name. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna... thank God Hellboy explained to me what Excal- Excalibur was. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I know. Uh, oh. Yeah, Vortigern actually existed. Did uh, Le, Le, Mon, Le Morgan, Le Morgan, Morgan Le Fay, Morgan Le Fay, did, did she make an appearance? She is, I think, name dropped, but doesn't actually show up. She's a DC character. They really wanted sequels out of this, uh... which partly is nice because they don't cram in like all of Arthurian legend. It's yeah. just an origin story. Um, but partly we keep just getting teased. Like yeah. Merlin gets name dropped a few times, never shows. Uh, um, Mordred is killed off in the expository cold open, which is oh really weird because he's supposed to be Arthur's secret son. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so he gets he gets uh, captured by the resistance because he's forced to flee the the city uh-huh. for reasons that i don't remember i saw this movie three days ago how do i not remember because it was oh, not memorable it was not a great movie yeah uh and ends up sort of deciding whether or not to join up with them bruce bolton's in it oh really he's in like the one good scene which is where uh but that's on his resume i was in king arthur that one good scene yeah <laughs> it's super guy Ritchie. like uh bruce bolton is a like a low-level commander in the Vortigern's army. Mm-hmm. And so he, they're searching the brothel for a... Um, actually, they're searching the brothel for Littlefinger. Because oh. they got several Game of Thrones actors to try to give it medieval street cred. Good. On the medieval streets. Because he's a tough street thug, you see? It yes. all comes full circle. Great. Uh, no, he's, he's a high-up guy in the Resistance who's hiding out in the brothel. And so they turn him up there... And Arthur's like, whoa, we don't know anything about this guy. Uh, he actually sells him out. Oh. He's like, oh, I don't know this guy. He looks kind of sketchy. He fits the description. 
Uh, and so Roose Bolton's like drags him into the back room and is like, Hey, all right. I know we've been friends in the past cause you bribed me, but, uh, <laughs> this time it's a little bit different. You need to explain to me exactly what the situation with the Vikings is. Cause he beat up some Vikings earlier. And so then it does a super guy, Richie, like, I think you see part of it in the trailer where he just like explains the, like his whole day, but it's in flashbacks, but he like, it's the way you actually tell a story where you jump back and forth and stuff. Oh, but yeah. it's, it's all narratively disrupted and that's, that's fun. Like the way you just explained the plot of the entire exactly. scene. Exactly. Yeah. About like that, but in film form. You're like, because he just beat up some Vikings. Like, literally, like that thing where you're like, oh, yeah, that happened. Yeah. That's about how it happens in the movie. Yep. And it's pretty delightful. Uh, it does a couple other cool things. Um, one is where it, it'll edit scenes into each other. If they're like one scene to the next, mm-hmm. it'll cut a shot or two from the next scene into the previous one just to sort of link them two together thematically. Okay. It's not a movie that has enough depth to really pull it off, but it's a cool idea. And so I'm going to give it credit. Okay. Uh, and it's sort of plays. Okay. Um, so visuals are nice. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's a mess. Um, Brightburn didn't get great reviews. Is that based on something? Well, it's sort of a reinterpretation of the Superman mythos. Oh, Oh, Brightburn. Yeah. I was thinking bright. No, not that. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen it. It's uh, sort of a reinterpretation of the superhero, the Superman mythos. Yeah. Um, and then I also tossed in uh, Ridley Scott's take on Robin Hood with Russell Crowe from 2010. Wasn't that super terrible? It was watchable. Oh, okay. It's just kind of meh. Yeah. Um, so, like, my idea of what makes these work is... It sticks. It it's it's attempting. It's it's what it changes. Yeah. Um. So for Joker, it changes the backstory, and but it sticks to the essence of who the Joker is, and what Gotham is like. Counterpoint. Uh, Joker's deal, as you said earlier, is mostly that he fights Batman and doesn't have Batman at all. It sticks to the okay, yes. It it sticks to the essence of the Joker kills for fun. Mhm. Rather than than trying to make him a sympathetic like I'm a vigilante kind of Joker. Yeah. That kills like making him an anti-hero. It's like Oops, time to go to bed. Um, but I don't have class in the morning. Yeet. I'm going to go to bed 30 minutes late. Uh-huh. I'm loose cannon tonight. <laughs> God, I'm an old person. Um, so there's a line I can't. We can't spoil that. Oh boy, there, there's a thing that he talks that he says towards the end of the movie that really does live to Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know the line I'm talking about, and people who've seen the movie know what I'm talking about. Um, it while the Content and the motivation, this other sub-motivation of the Joker is not there just because Batman's not there. The the mentality of what he's doing is there. It's really hard to describe. I, I If I spent another hour just spewing words, I would eventually be able to distinguish between the two. It, it takes the Joker character in isolation and stays faithful to that? Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's do that. Let's say that. 
Um, and, and it then, keeps Gotham very much the same. Yeah, it keeps the important things and also the same, and just finds a good way to get there. Yeah. Um, it so yeah, it's it takes the core. It, it a good adaptation reinterpretation knows what it wants to reinterpret mm-hmm. and what it wants to keep the same interpretation. Yeah. And I think it's something that takes the stuff that it changes as it has to be a means to the end. The yeah. end being the thing we know. Yes. King Arthur doesn't feel like that. Legend of the Sword, where it says, here's the end point. How are we going to get there? Let's put him in a Let's whorehouse. just reinterpret him. Yeah. And then there's no sense that the King Arthur we get at the end of the movie, or I guess there's no sense that the King Arthur we know from legend is the same King Arthur we get in this movie. Mm-hmm. There's not even really a sense that the King Arthur we get at the end of this movie is the same one, despite some... There's a callback line that doesn't really work. Yeah. Um, but it, yeah, it, it... It doesn't treat the story, the stuff that it reinterprets, as an actual means to an end. The end being the character or... Yeah um a new version of the story or something um maleficent as far as i remember was not really staying true to what makes her her mm-hmm. um i can't I, I don't know enough of it to have a fully opinion and to elaborate on that um uh, my second point about what what makes an interpretation is changing things for the sake of changing things mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of ties in with what you were saying that it's a means to an end mm-hmm. um with the Joker, there were very deliberate things that they made um, way different, such as giving him a backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the backstory played into, like I mentioned before, played into what made the Joker the Joker initially, or eventually. Right. Um, with uh, King Arthur, it was just like, what can we change about his birth? I don't know. Put him in a Moses. Put him in a whorehouse. Let's put some Vikings in there because they were around during Arthurian legend well, times, right? Because Vikings and Game of Thrones are the two most popular fantasy or like past hitting people with swords shows. Yeah, hitting people with swords shows. Wow, I'm not articulate today. Nope, you're not articulate. Right. I um, in my head that word actually came out funny. <laughs> but I just actually had a minor stroke while trying to say it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and again, well, not again. Uh, we, we could also just like make the base statement that what makes a good interpretation, a good fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. If we're gonna if we're gonna boil it down and be real simple there, uh, yeah, you got to set out to make a good movie first and foremost. You got to not set out to make something that's there to set up a king arthur cinematic universe kaku (laughs) (laughs) it sounded like my friend kaku just walked in the door and i haven't seen him for like three years why is that funny (laughs) (laughs) that was the tone is that i just saw my friend that i haven't seen for three years kaku (laughs) god damn it Oh boy! Yeah. Wow, I am losing it. Yeah, a little bit. Um. Yeah. 
I don't think we have any more points. I think we're starting to lose it. I another I, one more thing I think is is focus, uh, and this kind of ties back to the means to an end thing. But in Joker, everything feels like it's a coherent part where or a coherent whole. Whereas in King Arthur: Legend of the Sword, it feels like everything is a discrete part that they reinterpreted in a different way. Yeah. So it's like, oh, these characters uh are over in this other place instead of just being you know generic knights yeah and there's this alternate dimension with pterodactyls where he has to go and fight the pterodactyls or something to discover the truth about himself wait that happens that happens oh, good god yeah it's really weird um it's supposed to be like this epic journey that nearly kills him and it's like a three minute montage yeah <laughs> god damn it because uh, this movie had about 18 hours worth of ideas crammed into two hours yeah that's bad yep what was the other interpretation um so there's maleficent uh, i mentioned sleepy hollow which oh, yeah. i realize i don't know a lot about the original material be it legend or book mm-hmm. um all i know is that it, they made it super like i don't know emo teen drama yeah kind of thing and it just it feels like they wanted to fit a story any story into a pre-existing box of genre sub like subgenre i guess and that just make an original story nightmare before christmas is great because it's an original strange thing yeah and so you can shove it into that genre because you created something for that genre yeah uh man who killed don quixote no idea about it yep it's also i guess that's a book anyway oh goodbye take that shit out well i mean i i i used my points yeah i and i milked them for all they were worth Mm -hmm. i think just looking at the the three bad examples we have then sleepy hollow king arthur maleficent uh those three also they all did want to be a genre King Arthur wanted to be sort of action fantasy. Um, and Maleficent wanted to be, I don't know, Disney for edgy 11-year-olds. Yeah. Fair enough. That's a very unsettling sentence, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Sleepy Hollow, like I said, it wanted to be emo teen romance. Yeah. Uh, and it forced itself into those boxes and joker just said you know what we're gonna tell a story yeah and there's gonna be some elements of crime drama and some elements of comic book movie Mm -hmm. um and some elements of just a sort of a psychological drama type thing Mm -hmm. and it it doesn't stop and say the goal is a genre movie that happens to mash up with this particular character it says the goal is a story about this character. Yeah. So it's, it's putting the thing it's putting the important thing first. It's putting the thing in front of another thing and then not hitting it with a train. Yeah, that's about right. Cool. That's our grand point today. Don't hit things with trains. Yep. All right. Shall we? We shall. Wow. What a weird episode. <laughs> this has been a strange one. Thanks for bearing with us. Yep. Uh, you can find this podcast on podcast. Pod- 
I started. I was, I, I was getting ready to list Where all the things. In podcast? <laughs> it's in SoundCloud. Okay. Which has kind of the same rhythm. And I was getting all geared up to say that we have this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean and Spotify. And I had to stop and think about all the syllables in each of those individually <laughs> because <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, it's the end of a long day. Um, I worked probably a total of. 10 hours today oh good god yeah not to mention probably 45 minutes to an hour of commuting so i'm tired preston's tired uh we're on facebook justice losers don't know uh, i make this joke every time but you know how facebook works it's not even a joke just get it together uh we're on (laughs) (laughs) it's ambiguous ambiguity's fun uh we're on twitter at just us losers pod uh where twist preston occasionally gets ranty with a tweet yes sometimes <laughs> or preston gets occasionally ranty with a tweet uh actually it'd be tweet i guess twist and occasionally gets yeet with a panty Dusty, <laughs> that's new to me <laughs> uh, uh, wait for that <laughs> <laughs> the ghost wasn't. Oh goddamn it! Bring that back. Ninety-two panties. <laughs> oh, we're also on Instagram at Just Us Losers Pod, <laughs> where I post pictures of rust- Russian people and Preston. Ru- well, I was, go- I was saying I was going to say Russian people, and then I was going to say you post pictures of whatever you post pictures of. Yeah, panties, panties, and ghosts. Usually, it's actually I think my most common thing is making fun of comic book. Uh, dot com headlines uh, stupid. Yep. And I, I occasionally take pictures of comic book panels I think are good. Um so there's that one where I said Alan Moore is a better writer than you cuz he is. Yep. I don't know who you are, but if your name's not William Faulkner, you're not a better writer than Alan Moore. <laughs> that was a very specific claim. Faulkner's dead, so. Oh good. Uh, we also have a Gmail. That's the one I'm forgetting. Justiceloserspod at gmail.com. Uh, so we only came up with about four real reinterpretations on this. Is, was it just a stupid episode topic all along? Probably. If not, if you've got ideas for other movies that would fit under our criteria for reinterpretations and you think they were good or bad for particular reasons, and maybe they're counterexamples to some of the points we listed before, but maybe they fit right really nicely into the criteria that we made up on the spot. (laughs) Let us know at Gmail at justice. No, justice losers pod at gmail.com. That's the one. If you can tie it into a bionicle theory, good on you. So that is your you task. Extra special shout out. If you can make it bionicle related. Yeah. That's just a running joke now. Yeah. Way to go, Mark. Way to go, Mark. <laughs> Mark's not listening very much right now. Huh. He's in grad school. What the- God, I hate myself. <laughs> uh, anyway anyway what's next week do we know uh lord of the rings yeah that's right we're doing lord of the rings we're talking just the movies right just the movies and like with basically a giant review of the movies cool and we might have Piercy. cool we need to get her watching oh shit that one's gonna be late okay because if I think Piercy's going to the game. Mm. We might record on Sunday if I can get her to watch the rest of the stuff this week. Okay. 
We might have to use it. We might not. It might be late. It might not. Who knows? It'd be really great if we got seriously on. Got yeah. a got a fresh voice. Yep. That'd be really cool. Fresh, um, fresh take. Yep. Uh, so yeah, apologies if the next episode ends up being late, but if so, it's for a good reason, or it's for the reason that I forgot to edit. True. So. Or both. Could be both. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.